we're delighted now to be joined by former Limerick FC man Tony Whitehead. Tony, thanks for joining us this evening. Um, I suppose no better place to start than, than your upbringing in football with your hometown, Charleville. Uh, would it be fair to say that, that gave you a good grounding uh, to the future in, in your football career? And yeah, definitely, Adrian. Yes, and it's a good point. And I, firstly, obviously, thanks for for having me on. Cheers for that. And um, yeah, no, hundred uh, percent, Adrian. Yeah, it was um, obviously got to play with all all my lads from school, and you know I played with them then till going to Limerick at uh, I started training with Limerick obviously at fifteen, signed at sixteen. So and um, the bonds of kind of ten good years there anyway. And as you said, it was. Um, probably the start of like, my career and it's something I look back on and remember fondly, I suppose. Yeah, 2011, I think, was it, Tony, when you actually went to join the Limerick FC in the academy. Um, it was it was, uh, it was was a time when the club were, you know, starting to, they had high ambitions about maybe going full-time at senior level, uh, obviously, firstly, getting promoted from the, the first division. Uh, it was probably a, a, play, a, a good place to be at that stage and a good place to come into Oh, uh, definitely, hundred percent. You know, there, there was great plans at the time for the club. You know, and um, you know the, the recruitment that they had at the time. You know, players coming in are similar enough to that time. Like even obviously Dan Foley, who, um, who obviously well known in my town for playing the Premier League, playing for Ireland. Then you had people like Joe Gamble, Stephen Bradley. You know, all these people that I had gone and seen playing in the, the Premier Division growing up. So, um, yeah, it was a really exciting time. You know, and as I said, I was only kind of 15 when I started training. I, I trained with the first team at 15, and it was, um, yeah, it was obviously a great start for me. And you know, something I didn't take for granted any time I got to train with them kind of boys. You know, yeah, you're as you, you mentioned there, you had been training, and your initial graduation, we'll say, to to the bench and and playing was probably under Stuart Taylor uh, back in the the Tolman Park days uh, when the club. Had, had changed massively, you know, Pat Scully had left, Stuart Taylor, yeah. there was a massive uh, over-changing of players at, at the time. I even remember on a couple of occasions, I think I remember you coming on on the left wing uh, as a young yeah. guy from Stuart Taylor. That, that must have been a bit alien to you as well. A small, but yeah, especially when I can't run, like, it didn't help. Like, so. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I came on left back as well a couple of times in the back five. We were probably trying to haul land, like, so... That was, that was probably the case, just getting an extra extra defender on the pitch, probably. But um, no, yeah, I was under Stuart. I, I kind of started to play a couple of games. I obviously didn't play too much under him. I, I was on the bench kind of a lot there, kind of 17 into 18. And then obviously Stuart moved on. And um, <clears throat> it, was, it was kind of around the time then, you know, where, where we are moving into Markets Field. As you said, we are kind of moving away from Tolman Park. Obviously, that was a great experience. But, you know, when you look back, it was, Probably was a bit big for for that division, you know. It was was, was Tom Parks at twenty six thousand, is it or? Yeah, yeah, twenty six thousand either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah was, probably a bit big for for the League of Ireland, to be fair. But uh, yeah, then obviously the move to Marcus Field then was seen perfect at the time for for Limerick FC. Yeah, in the two years at at Tom and Park, as you mentioned, it was it was one of those where you know we'd been used to playing in Jackman Park. So obviously, when the team got to go ahead to go to yeah, Jackman yeah. Park, and you know supporters were probably a bit excited about having better facilities. But in in reality, I suppose you know 
no matter how much fans were there, I think we had an average of maybe 2,000 in the two years in the Premier, maybe something like that, what, 1,500 even. Yeah. And it can be a very soulless place and such a big place then. It was hard to build up an atmosphere, you know? That's it, exactly. And obviously, just before we went in there, we played Man City, you know, and there was there was obviously a sellout. And I remember looking around going, I imagine playing in front of this every week. But, you know, obviously, that wasn't the case. But even, like, as you mentioned there, there were still great numbers, you know, for, for um, like, home games. And you're talking, like, I, I think, I remember Munster Derby against Cork, I think there was three and a half thousand. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it, just, it just didn't seem like it with, with the size of it. And I'm sure there was lots of noise, but... It, just didn't seem like it at the time with uh, with the size of the ground, you know. Yeah, we look back in envy now, I suppose, Tony, with, with everything that went on in, in the preceding years. But, you know, that time of 2013, 2014, where, you know, we had very high-profile players signing uh, for the club all the time. Uh, you know, obviously playing out of Tom Park was, was a big ground, but also holding our own in the Premier Division, sixth and seventh place uh, finishes. Uh, we You know, was it, Behind the scenes, was it very professional, and were you very looked after at that time? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. To be fair, I, I I don't have a bad thing to say about my time there. You know, it, we were always really looked after, and it was always as professional as it could be, Adrian. You know what I mean? So, um, I think at that time we were training. It used to be in I think six days a week. Never had a weekend off. I think our our day off was a Wednesday at that time. I think. And mm. um, so even if we played on a Friday, it'd be recovery on Saturday and back at it really kind of on a Sunday morning. And if you played on a Saturday, then it was recovery Sunday morning. So it was like, it really was a big step up, as you mentioned earlier, for coming from Charleville, obviously, into um, full-time professional setup. It was, uh, it was it was obviously brilliant to be a part of. But um, now, as you mentioned, it was, it was really, really good setup at the time. And great facilities at, at the time we were out in um, LIT mostly and then obviously in the years following then we moved into UL so yeah it did seem that way in fairness and and it, it did you know that's that's one of the things people will say I suppose when when everyone's critical now of how it turned out but there was good times at start as well and maybe you know overindulgence in, in that respect you know that we, we kind of overindulged uh, too much yeah uh, it easily happened though, isn't it? You know, when uh, um oh sorry for interrupting you, but it, oh, no, I suppose yeah. it's easy to happen, you know, when especially for, for the fans, you know, it's it, it's always good to dream and get carried away a bit, isn't it? You know, no matter who you support or what league you're in, it's always uh to see your club on the up, no matter at the time you don't think about the consequences, I suppose. Yeah, so we certainly weren't complaining at the time. Yeah, um, exactly. That's it. You know, it brings me on to that 2015 season. There was an effort, it appeared at the start of that season to, you know cut the budget somewhat and in terms of trying to be a bit more realistic now there seemed to be a panic button pressed halfway through that season because obviously with martin we we hadn't had a win in 21 games then it was a roller coaster finish tony because to go on the run that you went on uh, that season which brought us to a playoff uh it was it was before we even get on to that that heartbreaking end you know it was it was an unbelievable end to the season wasn't it with the markets field full as well yeah, oh, unbelievable. Yeah, it just it it got to a stage. It was so strange, like because it just got to a stage where you were going into games, going, "Oh, we're going to win here," like you know. And it, it, you know, League of Ireland isn't a, a division to you know where you go into a game thinking that way. But and um, yeah, it, it just shows what confidence does in football. I suppose you know, I get a few wins, and you're kind of looking at the table, and you're going, "Ah, oh, right, maybe if we win the next two out of five, and then you might win." we probably won four in a row at times you know and then you're going let's just 
it's, it's on like we, we've got a great chance here and um obviously I, I think was it um or was it the season before that Rory Gaffney's scoring in the last kind of 12 season before wasn't it yeah he just he had left in, before that he yeah, just yeah. left yeah yeah I remember that as well I think that was in around Tom Park wasn't it when he yeah. was um, yeah 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 I think he scored a mad amount of goals last 11 12 games but no but that finish in 2015 obviously I think um obviously it's probably the biggest thing to remember for obviously the most recent years for for Limerick FC fans and you know just fans of the city in general like yeah, I'm not sure if you can remember the specific game, uh, Tony, but I, I do remember, obviously, people will all point to the Sligo game where you got your first win yeah. in the 21 and 1-3-2. But I do think that the real shift in momentum came the week after when we beat Bohemians 4-3 at the market screen. Yeah. Because if you remember, Patrick Kanyuka had been sent off. The team was down 3-2 and somehow managed to win 4-3. It was incredible. And it was yeah. playing in front of a smaller crowd that night as well, but that was where the momentum started. Really. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, that's yeah, you're dead right. Actually, I, I'd actually forgot about that game, you're right, Adrian. But, um, yeah, that was it was just incredible, you know. And the people of Limerick, it just shows, you know, that there has to be a club in the city, you know, with, with the following that's there. And when, when everyone gets behind the one club, it's just amazing, really, what can happen there, yeah, certainly. And, and on to the, the heartbreaking end for that season, I, I don't know what, what you could put your finger on it, really, because. It was it, it was a case of maybe because of the run that the team had been on, it was it was almost top four form in, in the last round of games. Um, you know, you're going into playing a team that finished in second in the first division. Uh, I, I don't know if it was complacency, to be fair, but probably the, the turning point was probably not getting that second goal at the markets field. And then you're going up to Bally Buffet, which we all universally hate going to everyone else outside yeah. of, of Donegal and Finn Harps, really. Uh, that was probably it, and we just didn't turn up on the in the second leg, Tony. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, obviously you can't really blame this. Like everyone knows what Valley Buffet is like, but you know, he went up there, and as you said, we we should have been more in the lead from the first leg. Um, <clears throat> but when you you go up there, and the, you know the pitch was poor, and you know people on top of you and the and the ground, you know it's <laughs> quite a small and narrow ground, and. I, I definitely don't think it was complacency, you know, with such good lads in the dressing room and such professional lads, the likes of Shane Tracy and, you know what I mean? Like, he, he he's especially one who'd never get carried away and he'd always keep everyone's feet in the ground, whether you're first or last, you know what I mean, in the league. He, he was one of them kind of lads. So, um, yeah, it was obviously a really good group and I don't think complacency was the thing. I'd, you know, we're there six years later and no one can quite put their finger on what happened, you know, it was... Um look, one way to look at it, I know it's always good to look back and say, look, you know, we went to won the league the year after and um we, we kind of turned that negative into a positive, I suppose, in the space of twelve months, you know. Yeah, I know that obviously you had made appearances and Paddy O'Connor had made appearances all throughout that 2015 year, Tony, but the was it frustrating for you? Because I do know that, you know, without castigating the player in question too much, that Patrick Kanyuka had been in poor form uh, for a lot of those games, in my opinion, and a lot of people in Limerick's opinion. And you had yourself and uh, Paddy O'Connor on the bench, especially on the last night where he had made that mistake in Bally Buffet. Was it frustrating for you to see that situation developing and not getting the chance then to play yourself regularly? Um, it, it's, a, it's a tough one to say, really, because, you know, 
when you're playing as part of a team, I, I know it's such a cliche, like, but you don't really, you don't really look at it that way. You know, you don't really go, oh, he's he's not playing well. I should be in there. You're kind of, you know, especially as a, as a young lad, you you kind of look up to anyone who's older than you in the team, and you know, you try and pick little bits off everyone. So it was never a case of really going. Oh, I should be in the team ahead of him, you know, because I was still a young lad at the time, and and Party again was even younger. But I think looking back, Party was really hard done by not to to play even more. I know he played quite a few games, but um, I, I think being honest, like it, it, it was Party, it was the one who should have probably been playing, like not myself. So, um, yeah, and obviously I think the season after then, that's when Party really kicked on, obviously, and he's doing brilliant at the moment, and um, obviously captain in Bradford at the minute, which is which is unreal. But um yeah, as you said, look, it's it's never nice to, to point the finger. Look, everyone knows about the mistake that night. But um as I said it look it led us to winning a league with Limerick the year the following year and I suppose it, it's a positive for myself. I went down if we stayed up I mightn't have played too many games the year after, you know. So we went down, I got to play a lot of games in the first division and and then again when we went back up. So from from a selfish point of view, obviously it wasn't the worst thing personally for us to go down. But um, yeah, no, I, I, as you said, just to go back to the original point, I think looking at it, I think Party probably was hard done by, even though he was probably about fourteen at the time. Like, but, yeah, he was. I think he was sixteen years old at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, you you mentioned that you know you did go on then to play a lot more games in in the first division season. You absolutely romped. Uh, to the title, Tony. I, I I look back at it now and I say to myself, really should have uh, enjoyed that more because at the time there was just that sense, Tony, because you were a full time side. I mean, you were blowing teams away a lot of the time, four and five nil. You know, it was becoming the norm. Uh, so it's it's funny because winning the league now you'd be absolutely joyous, but at the time it was so yeah. expected. Was that the feeling within the camp as well, or did you manage to enjoy it even though there was high expectation? Yeah, and- no, no, we definitely enjoyed it. But as as I mentioned, like a lot of credit has to go to the older boys in the, that dressing room and obviously to Martin as well, because <clears throat> looking back, you know, if we won, just as you mentioned there, we might have won 4-0 at a, on a Friday or on a Saturday in Marcus Field. And, you know, you're you're back in training Monday morning and it's there's no talk about your win. You know, even if you're doing video analysis, it might be something on that, you know, where we should improve on it. It was never like, oh, well done, lads, you won 4-0 year this year, that, you know. And as I mentioned, there's, there was people in the dressing room like um, your Shane Tracy, Sean Kelly, Robbie Williams, you know, and like we with a lot of experience, proper pros at that time. So, um, I we definitely kept our feet in the ground, and we never really got carried away. You could see that by like the, by the results, and obviously just showed that that kind of um, like. It never really crept into our game that we were like, oh, we're going to blow this team away. Or we're going to win with such professional lads and such hardworking lads. Like, obviously, big fan favorite Chris Mulhall. He was, you could be up 7 0 and you'd still get an earful off him if you didn't put it in the right place for him, or, you know. So, um, I, I think, obviously, as I said, a lot of credit goes to Martin, but a lot of credit has to go to the, the group of lads as well, you know, where we kept demanding off each other and, you know, we never, never settled for anything but being the best. and you know, if, if we did win a game 3-0, it was, why didn't we win 4-0? Why didn't we win 5-0, you know? So, um, but obviously, when, we won the league quite early, so we um, we definitely had, had a couple of months to enjoy it anyway. Yeah, that, that certainly was the case. Came just just short of having an unbeaten season uh, that year as well. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. you, you mentioned Martin Russell there, who obviously would have been the manager for the majority of your time and in the senior ranks uh, with Limerick FC. Uh, what was it like playing as a centre-back, Tony, with Martin? Because obviously he's, he's renowned in this league for his footballing and preaching of how football should be played. Uh, there, was, there was once a, a quote from Martin, actually, where he, his, his, he was asked to clear the ball and his manager told him to clear the ball. And he said, but when do we start playing? And he was in his own six-yard box. But, uh, <laughs> you know, what was it like playing under him? Because there was obviously a lot of pressure on you in, in, in a footballing sense as well as a defensive sense to actually set up attacks. Yeah, um, it, it, to be honest, Adrian, it probably suited me because, you know, obviously coming through with the under-19s and all my time in Charleville, like I was a midfielder. And it, it was under kind of Stuart Taylor and I, I think Tommy Barrett actually had a part to play in it as well, me moving back. So I, I always loved being on the ball and, you know, I, you know, I wasn't the most physical of centre-halves and, I, you know, I, it was more, I loved being on the ball and even if it was just a five-yard pass to midfielder, I loved to, you know, you, you're kind of the first point of attack, you get it off mm-hmm. the keeper and you might give it to a full-back who'll play forward or you might, you know, you might try and hit a diag, you might give it to a midfielder, you might hit the striker's feet. But it, you know, it was that freedom to play, and it was never, um, it was never one of them like get it in the channel or get it into the striker. It was more, you know, and you, you learn a lot more, especially as like a 19, 20 year old playing football and having the pressure of if I give the ball away here, we're, we're going to concede. You know, it, you know, you you have to grow up fairly quickly, and you have to learn like the right passes and passes that won't put other people in trouble. And um, no, it, it definitely benefited me as a player anyway, and it's, you, you like to play under Martin Russell, you have no choice but to be comfortable on the ball. And <laughs> if, if you weren't comfortable on the ball, you'd be found out fairly quickly. So, yeah. um, yeah, as, as I said, at a young age, it definitely benefited me anyway. And it, it probably still has to this day, really. Yeah, the fact that he kept you year on year is probably enough credit from Martin that he know that you probably were comfortable enough uh, in possession of the ball, Tony. You go from one extreme to the other, then you know you, you had Martin Russell at the beginning of the 2017 season. He resigned or was sacked, or whatever way you want to listen to the story, after six games. And then you know you had appeared with Willie Boland, but obviously a massive high profile uh, appointment yeah. in, in Neil MacDonald. It was, it was crazy, really, because obviously he was known for being big Sam Allardyce's uh, number yeah. two. All the way through his premiership years, it's 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 amazing then what happened with the club afterwards when you consider this appointment was made. But uh, it was one extreme to the other on the pitch in terms of Neil McDonald was was more like Big Sam, I suppose, in that you know no messing at the back. Uh, how did you adapt to that? Because you know you did, I, if I remember correctly, you did have play a lot of games under Neil McDonald. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's one of them where you know as you're saying, guys, you sink or swim. You know, you you either adapt or else you know someone else will take your place. So. Um, yeah, I think when, when Neil came in, um, I didn't start the first game under him. Barry Cotter actually started centre-half, I think, and he, he got injured up in bows. And I think I played 34 or 5 of the next 36 games under him or something like that. I think I missed one through injury. Again, uh, I got injured against Cork City and then I missed the next game. I think it was St. Pat's at home I missed. But, it, um, it, you know, looking back, it might have been a bit of fortune. But as I said, yeah, it, it was contrast really, but... It's funny, it, looking back on it, it was one of my favourite times at Limerick, even though, as I said, I, I love being on the ball and I love playing football. It was just, I don't know, he, he instilled this thing into us where it was just win at all costs, you know, and it was like playing the right areas. Obviously, with Rodrigo up front and, mm. you know, you play at your strengths in a way, I suppose, in football, and that's that's how you get results. So 
obviously we had Rodrigo up front and he was an absolute unit, wasn't he? So it was a case of getting into his feet, let Leeds run off him, let Dougie run off him, you know, and we we play from there and play in the other half. And I, I suppose the other side of it is like us at the back, we'd, we'd more time to concentrate on actually doing our job and, and actually defending, you know, instead of being like, oh, I'm going to get it off the keeper here and where am I going to play it? It was just 90% of your thought was, all right, if the ball goes in the channel, I need to be here. You know, I probably improved us as a defender, or myself anyway, definitely. Um, we used to do an awful lot of work, like back five. He used to take us off together, back five, and, you know, he'd bring all the defenders away and you do like half an hour, even though I, like no one enjoys doing it, let's be honest. But <laughs> obviously it must have worked at, at the time. And, you know, looking back, I, I, I don't know, as my memory just, do I do I remember it too well? But um, I look back and go, like, oh, we had a great chance of getting into Europe. I think we weren't too far off it for a while. But obviously, towards the last, I, I think, 10 games, we kind of slipped away. But I remember think, looking at the table. And I'm not one to look at the table being like, oh, we can do this, we can do that. But I remember looking and going, is the way we're playing at the minute, like, we, we might actually have a chance, you know. Yeah, you perfectly bring me on to my, my next point or next question that I was going to ask. Do you think with the quality that was there and, you know, the, the pre-season expectation that you underachieved in the end that season, like, uh, uh, Tony? Um, slightly. Uh, slightly. As I said, the, the ending wasn't... It, it would have been nice to even have a chance, you know, with two or three games to go and, mm. like, it would have been the complete opposite, but the same thing in a way, you know, with, with the crowds, we would have attracted if... You know, if we were like, if we had to win a certain amount of games to get into Europe and and things like that, um, like I can only imagine the crowd that'd be standing outside Marcus Field trying to get a ticket. You know, if we had a chance to get into Europe, so in in that sense, it was a bit disappointing. Um, looking back, when whenever I talk to people here or when I was elsewhere and they asked me about my time in Ireland, it'd be um, biggest disappointment was definitely the FAI Cup semi final against Cork City. Yeah. You know, I want to look back and then just think we're one game away, you know, from mm. playing the Aviv. And, you know, once you get there, anything can happen, no matter who you're playing. If it's the Dundalks, Shamrock Rovers, Cork City, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. Once off game, anything could happen. And, and as you already touched on, the way we played at the time, it probably suited a one-off game against someone, you know, where yeah. we're probably hard to break down and we're a bit direct and, you know, as I said, big big man up front. You know, it's, it's kind of horrible to play against at times. So, hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's probably my my biggest disappointment looking back because it was a year I was so involved as well. Just just getting pipped in the semi final, it was uh, it, it was kind of a hard one to take, and it's it's one I still look back on with with huge disappointment as well. Yeah, I actually remember the the devastation in the stand that night behind the goals because it was it yeah. was a game where you know when you look back now in the call day at the time it felt like oh we, we definitely could especially on the night because it was a good performance you know it was one nil right until the end and I know there was a bo- yeah. ball towards the very end of the box and uh, I remember Bastian Rhee turning around and thumping the ground four or five times because they were so to scoring but. Um, I suppose if you look at it now, it was probably just a case of you had come across Cork City, who had just won the league. Uh, they were yeah. in their they were in their pump, like, and they just kind of just man- just about managed the game well enough to get themselves through with that experience. Really, they did exactly as, you, as exactly as you said, they had an experience, so you know. And, and I think we had a bit of a late push, and it was like if you look, John, if a neutral watched the game, they'd say Cork deserved to win. But from our point of view, it was you know stay in this game as long as we can. 
stay in the game you always have a chance you know so mm -hmm. and as you said i think we had a couple of half chances towards the end of the game and obviously if, if you get a little bit of luck you know anything can happen you got extra time anything can happen penalties obviously anything can happen so um yeah it was i suppose the main point of it was like looking back maybe cork city did deserve to win the game but they, um their experience probably saw him through in the end you know and it was title winning side so i can't can't have too many complaints i suppose yeah definitely and then obviously in 2018 tony uh, you made what turned out to be for yourself anyway probably a, ver a very good move in, in terms of uh, uh, yeah. your life in general. You know, you moved to Australia. Uh, you played football for Southern United. Um, what was the what was the standard of soccer like over there? And I suppose what was the lifestyle like in Australia and, and the change for you? It was New Zealand, Adrian. Sorry, it was, um, Jesus. It was New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Very sorry. Darren. But it, no, no, again, it was um, yeah, it was unbelievable. Obviously, Garvin had gone over, kind of. I think it was four or five months before me and obviously it came to the summer and you know there was there was kind of a couple of problems i suppose and i remember garvin sending me a text and um then the manager of the club rang me just saying what, what do you think about it and it, I, I suppose it's another cliche but it was a no-brainer really you know it was um it was all decided I, I think by the time I got the first phone call, I think I was in New Zealand about three and a half weeks later or four weeks later or something. So it was it was a fairly quick turnaround now. And you know, them four weeks was just kind of um kind of sorting visas and, and, and flights and things like that. But um <clears throat> the standard was was actually unbelievable to be honest. It was like we that might played surprise a few people. Yeah, like we were down in the South Island. Obviously, New Zealand split into two islands, so we had to fly to the majority of our away games, but we could leave Dunedin, obviously the city we were in, and it could be like 12, 13, 14 degrees. And you're flying up to like Auckland or Wellington or something in the North Island, and you could be getting off the plane and it's 32 degrees. And you know, the altitude, there's just a massive change in altitude, and it's mad because it's such a small country, but um you'd land in and you know the boys would be kind of gasping for her just getting off the plane and you had to adjust a lot of things like we found playing away from home we really conserved our energy i suppose we played kind of old-fashioned irish way in a way you know and kind of sit behind the ball and look to break on on teams but no there was there was a lot of brilliant brilliant players in that league like there was um a couple of lads that had played in la liga they played for Auckland city and a couple of lads that played in the French league, and so there was, yeah, as I said, there were some brilliant players and total football over there as well. But um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, they were just it just wasn't quite right over there, you know, with the, in terms of the league. I think they're still trying to get it right at the moment over there, and they're, they're adjusting the league and things like that. But uh, no. As you mentioned, Adrian, the unbelievable experience and um, the lifestyle change was unbelievable to, you know, go and do that for a year. It was, it was something uh, I'll never forget, I suppose. Yeah, and, and for the people that don't know, you're now currently in England, uh, Tony. You're you're actually playing for a, a very famous club. You now, you know, we know that the, the, the problems that Barry have had in the past, you know, financially and obviously then the expulsion from... Uh, the football league, uh, so you know it's obviously a massive re rebuilding process at, at your current club in in Bury, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, the massive. Obviously, as, as you said, they're you know, majorly historic club, and 
I know we, the name has changed slightly, but mm. it's you know it's it's still amazing to represent the town, you know, and you, you see the fans we get, like obviously because of COVID, we haven't really experienced it quite as much as we should yet. But um, like our games were limited to kind of between three and six hundred, but no matter what it was, it was always sold out last season. And um, like for instance, and he's we, still we're at playing. Lane, um, Tony. No, no, we're not. We're playing no. in um, a ground. Um, they'd, they'd be a couple of divisions above us. Um, nice. it, it was all kind of two, three thousand. But I, I think the club are trying to get Gig Lane back. That's yeah. in yeah. between the two clubs, like the Oldbury and obviously the new one. But mm. <clears throat> if we got to play in there, it'd be unbelievable. But like we'd um, we've pre-season game coming up now. We're playing FC United in Manchester. I don't know if you if you know that. Yeah, yeah. But, Absolutely. Um, like, Historic uh, game for, for both sets. I suppose. Yeah, two fan run clubs, but like, mm. like the tickets, for instance, like they went on sale last night and there was, we're only allowed 2,000 there because it, again, because of COVID. And I think it's all over three hours. Over here in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it, I think it's all out in three hours or something, you know. So it just shows like what what can happen at the club, and as, as you said, it's probably exciting time to be involved in something like that. It's it kind of has a similar feel to as you mentioned, you know, the changes that were happening at Limerick all them years ago, and you know, it's it's just something exciting to be a part of. And, and as as I mentioned with Berry, it was the same with Limerick, you know, where you're part of a, a town or a city where people are really passionate about their sport and about their the local team so um yeah hopefully uh now next year obviously we can, we can kick on and get the club back up a couple of leagues hopefully yeah you mentioned before we came on air how how long a pre-season you're going to have no because the league your league doesn't yeah. start until july 31st and you've already started back training is that that's probably longer than the league of ireland was <laughs> yeah 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 so we'll have we'll have three months of a pre-season but we're, we're easing back into you know we're only doing um kind of two two days a week at the moment for, for about a block of four or five weeks. And then we'll be back to the usual kind of three, four days a week. And um, with a few kind of exciting pre-season games, I think, you know, where um, we'd, we'd get to play some decent sides and test ourselves there. And then, uh, as you said, it's kind of back to business on 31st of July. And it, it goes without saying, it's, it's something similar to, as you said, a while ago, Adrian, I know I keep going back to Limerick, but it's the best way to put it. You know, that pressure... That we had to win the league that year, yeah. it, it'll be something similar. Everyone will be expecting us to win. You know, it goes without saying we're we're going to be the favourites, but it, it's on ourselves, obviously, to to take that pressure and um, turn it into a positive every week, and you know, do it, I suppose for um, for the people of Bury and give them something to shout about again. Yeah, absolutely, that'll be the case. And uh, I suppose a quick word finally, Tony, on on the return of of senior football to Limerick. Uh, we've three three United. Uh, it's it's a new new name, new team, new club. The whole the whole thing is is changed as such. But there's still a lot of the same faces. If you were to come back tomorrow, that you would see involved. Um, yeah. Have you been Have you been surprised by the the start that the side have made? Um, I'm so, sure you've been keeping an eye on it so far. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not surprised at all, really, Adrian. To be honest, um, you know, with with Tommy involved, it, it was always going to be. Um, the, the right appointment that way, you know, for you know someone who knows the just every player in the city inside out, I suppose, you know. So he's put together a brilliant squad, um, lot of lot of familiar faces, you know, for someone who would have followed, like said, the under 19s, and you know, there's there's lads there that would have trained with the first team a couple of years ago. So, 
Um, he's put together a really good squad, and as, as you mentioned, they've had a great start. You know, I, I think been unlucky not to pick up maybe another two points, and it, it would be massive looking at now having kind of eight points. You know, but unbeaten in four games, I think um, Tommy and all the lads and everyone at the club would have uh, bit your hand off for that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and we'd bite the hand off to have the easing of restrictions that you have over in England at yeah, so. in Ireland, Tony. Um, how how has it been in the first maybe week or two since the the easing of restrictions? Is has it been uh, a very good situation for you there in England? Uh, yeah, it's it's grand though. Um, I, we haven't been able to enjoy it too much. Like my missus is pregnant, so oh, she's she's due. Congratulations! Uh, cheers. She's uh, she's due in a couple of weeks, so we're still staying fairly kind of sensitive about the whole thing so um yeah we've that was an exciting month ahead now and um i suppose we can't be we can't be going out like i, I know the pubs are back open there'll be no, <laughs> you know points for the next couple of weeks or anything like that <laughs> not, um, not for a while no not for a long time no it's uh but um yeah it has eased a little bit but you know in a way it's good to see little crowds scattered there you know when you're walking through through the city and um you know it, it does have the feeling that things are getting back to normal hopefully yeah absolutely and it's been great it's been fascinating chatting to you tony it was, it was great to reminisce maybe on the old times and obviously uh the very best luck both on a personal level uh and uh, a footballing level in england and you know you'd never know maybe tommy barrett might be on to you in a year or two if you want to come home <laughs> and not if, the, not if the lads are keep playing the way they are at the minute, I tell you. <laughs> I definitely won't be needed uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that. Um, thanks, um, thanks very much for joining us, Tony. No, great, no great problem. Time. Thanks very much for that, Adrian.